0: Super dope. Hey, what's up? Real quick, before we get to the episode, I'm talking to you on Tuesday morning because I'm apparently a masochist. And I set deadlines for myself. I don't know, to like give myself some sense of purpose, I guess. I I don't know what the fuck my deal is right now, but I have a really great conversation with my buddy Anthony Grimulia from CBR.com about Dragon Ball AF coming up in just a moment. Just wanted to pause, check in, say what's up. I miss y'all. Thank you for listening to my George Floyd 45-minute thing last week. I've had some really nice comments about it, and I appreciate you guys reaching out and expressing um some solidarity and some concern, I guess, maybe, for me. um, I appreciate you guys. But what's cool about this conversation that I had with Ant the other night is I finally was able to pull off a live podcast on YouTube with my buddy Ant in, I think, New Jersey. I think he lives in New Jersey, maybe New York. Either way, uh, I've talked a big game and trying to get the YouTube thing handled, and we finally did it the other night, so thank you to the people who came and hung out with us on the stream. Uh, Brian Melchiori, uh, I think Brett was there. Uh, Chris Fournier popped in real quick, my buddy from Canada, the guitar-playing guitar motherfucker. That's his name now, I guess. You're welcome. Uh, appreciate you guys coming and hanging out with us and listening to me and Ant uh, chop it up about Dragon Ball AF. The reason I'm up this late, typically I'd be asleep by now because I still do have a day job. Um, I just finished doing um a two-part podcast with my friends Paul, Katie, and Leonard for the NPC pod. I'm up late because they're out in California. In case you couldn't tell, the NPC pod is a video game podcast. So um, I kind of hijacked their feed to talk about the Moro arc, um, mostly like you know how this arc has built up until these last two chapters. And then we recorded a second part of our conversation that'll be posted later this week in the Super Dope feed that revolves around chapter 59 and 60 of the Dragon Ball Super manga, probably just in time For all you Twitter assholes who need to be first on the content to leak the scans or talk about the scans and give me a full spoiler plot synopsis on uh, the manga chapter on the 18th or 19th. So it'll probably coincide with when those chapters start to drop, uh, part two of that conversation that focuses on chapter 59 and 60. So I think they're going to post part one of the conversation maybe as soon as today. So, go check out the NPC pod. Even if the episode isn't there yet, check out some of their backlog, go subscribe, and an episode featuring me will be there very shortly. So, without further ado, here's my conversation about Dragon Ball AF with my brother, Anthony Grumulia. Super dope. Welcome into to Dragon Ball Super Dope. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out. Uh, let's see, what's it, Sunday night? It feels like time isn't even a real thing anymore. Sunday, June 14th. Special episode today. Uh, you guys know if you listen to the show regularly that I have been banging my head against the wall trying to find somebody to talk about the latest manga chapters with because all of my friends are, um, I guess, illiterate. So... I have been asking several people. I asked uh, uh, several friends of mine this week and all of them say, nah, I'm just going to read them when they come out and like, you know, a chapter, um, you know, proper volume and uh, take it from there. But I asked my friend who uh, is a writer for comicbookresources.com. His name is Anthony Gramulia. Uh if he was mm-hmm. keeping up on the manga and he said, nah, that manga doesn't seem like it's my bag, but how would you feel I didn't say that. Well I didn't say that. I said it's having
1: caught up recently with right. them behind. So how far how far behind would you say that you are? Um the the universal conflict arc.
0: Very behind. All right. I mean, well the good news is that the universal conflict arc wraps up very handily and just rolls well, I mean, rolls I'm... right into the conflict next after that. Um galactic mm. prisoner patrol whatever the heck but you followed it up with even though i'm not up to date how do you feel about dragon ball af and uh oh yeah i almost <laughs> i almost laughed a little bit because I, I don't know dragon ball basically the reason you ask is because like i said comic book writer uh excuse me comic book resources writer comic, comic book com writer CB, you can just say cbr that's fine too way easier <laughs> cbr yeah, way easier cbr writer and you recently just yesterday had an article published it like you were talking that you had this article in the queue and you weren't sure when it was going to go up and like a few hours
1: after mm. our conversation it happened to go live coincidentally yeah it was exciting it was a good it was a it was a fun article because dragon ball you know having grown up um with you know tsunami airing with dragon ball being a new thing uh Back in the late 90s, early 2000s, there were all those kinds of crazy rumors, you know, like ridiculous rumors. And that particular one had always stuck with me. I mean to cut you off there but that was just No,
0: that's totally okay. It's that um enthusiasm. If you see me looking up at the uh, looking up away from the camera at all, it's because I'm looking you up know? at my elevated television to see what's going on on my TV to make sure things are still afloat. It's not cuz oh, I'm li- you're making sure everything's Yeah, it's not cuz I'm losing interest in what you're saying, I promise you.
1: Um <laughs> but should probably explain to people who are listening um after this is posted, this is going to, this is currently, we're currently live streaming this uh, conversation.
0: Yeah. So, um, so I guess, you know, it'll be a slightly more edited version for the formal podcast. But yeah, probably does bear mentioning off the top that this is a live, quote unquote, uh, podcast. We've done live podcasts in front of, you know, actual audiences at venues uh, in the last couple of years. We've done like three or four uh they're mm-hmm. always a fun time uh, obviously that's not really in the cards for us now but this is about as live a podcast as we have uh available to us right now so ant thanks for mm-hmm. taking the
1: time to talk with me tonight man i appreciate it oh it's my pleasure i i enjoy talking oh and about dragon ball i enjoy talking about dragon ball also well
0: <laughs> you know what sucks too is that it, listeners probably have heard me say your name in the past like a, a handful of times in the past but you and i mm-hmm. did a, an awesome like. One of my favorite episodes of Super Dope that I've probably ever recorded that revolves around, of all things, Dragon Ball Evolution and the Korean fan film from like 1990.
1: And the Chinese one, too, from 1991. It was a great conversation. Long and the short of it is,
0: every time I talk with somebody who's not one of my idiot friends... It uh, ends up having some kind of huge technical snafu or I fuck something up royally. And that mm-hmm. one was not even
1: salvageable, unfortunately. Um, but, even this, even this podcast was cursed so far. Let yeah. me think of the delays we've had just yeah. talking. Yeah. Like, you know, your, your computer reset. My computer was absolutely fine, but you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. My, no. uh, it's like my computer knows. It's like, Hey, you got to talk to somebody cool today. Fuck you. Literally. I sat down to just get the streaming stuff set up and it just froze i had everything else all checked off i sent you the outline emailed it all whatever
1: oh everything it was uh we were on schedule and then all of a sudden it the tech just sucks yeah that's that's what comes down to tech is awful all things considered uh, though tons of,
0: i mean only 15 20 minutes late
1: that's not awful for me like that's i'll no, we'll take that at least i've seen professionals with who, who late hours let alone you know not professionals like we are professional but like you know, like like the like like the like the like the, like the tw- two million subscribers on Twitch. You know, guys like yeah have some you know happen shit happens. Sadly, makes you me know. feel <laughs> a little bit better. Then so ah, it's all good.
0: we had this awesome conversation about Dragon Ball Evolution. Now we're talking about this other thing that I don't think I've ever talked about on the show before. So I, when you mentioned it, I kind of laughed, but then had that thought I've never really talked about it, and it's because I didn't really have a very positive, I guess, opinion of it. Like. I think the thing that makes Dragon Ball AF or what made it interesting back then was that the internet and like the connectivity of the world was starting to become more of a common thing for kids, for everybody. And what do you do when you jump on the mm-hmm. internet when you're 9, 10, 11 years old? You, you know, look up the things that you like. You look up uh Boobies and Dragon Ball Z. And you find these Dragon Ball Z images Mm. because there weren't any, you know, videos to watch. Like the only thing you had back then was like forums, message boards, and pictures. You would find these pictures Mm. of like a Super Saiyan 10 Goku and be like, oh my God, Dragon Ball in Japan is the most wild thing. And like it was this Mm. self-perpetuating thing because you had little glimpses of what this other stuff was, but you had no way to actually confirm its real existence or real canon to the series. People talked about it, they whispered. There was a lot, it, it, per, it perpetuated the conversation because nobody knew what to make of it. Nobody knew what it was, if it was real
1: or not. I mean, if you ever went in Game Facts forums, you ever went Game Facts forums back in the day, not, back in like the uh, not for Dragon Ball? Stuff. I mean, try, probably oh. just get
0: like cheat codes for Super Nintendo games. But.
1: Well, I too, but those, um, what was it, the, the Game Facts forums for free for, um. Budokai games would always have these like 13-year-old kids who swore they saw the show. You know, it was airing in Italy. You know, it's on Japan. It's in Italy or Portugal or whatever. You know, random European and oddly not Asian uh, country this Asian cartoon was originating from. Right. And they always say, oh, no, you don't understand. There's episodes, there's licensing problems. They, they can't come over here. But trust me, it's cool. Believe me. Yeah. My dad works at Nintendo. He told me everything. My dad <laughs> you know, that works kind of at nonsense.
0: Nintendo, man. That was the line when we were kids. Oh, man. basically. Um, yeah, that was another but thing because it was like a property that was, you know, localized pretty much everywhere in the world. When a kid said, oh, this is a show they made in Italy. You were like, well, I know that Dragon Ball's in Italy. But like, you, I, I, I don't know, me certainly as a 10 or 11 year old kid, I had no knowledge or like awareness of licensing deals and how those things worked. I just thought like
1: Italian people liked it enough. That they just kept making more of them. That's cool as hell. What's odd is that, actually, that kind of did happen with other shows. Uh, I know Lupin the Third Part 4, when it aired, started in Italy for two months before it aired in Japan. But that's because Lupin the Third is obscenely popular in Italy, I've been told, by people who live in Italy. Hasn't that also been going on? Lupin the Third's
0: great. Hasn't it been going on since, like,
1: 1979? Well, Lupin the manga started in the late 60s. The first animated series was in either late sixties or early seventies, and from there it just kept going, coming, coming back. You know, came back like uh, maybe a few years or so. Huh. Sometimes some better than others.
0: (laughs) Interesting. So I'm just turning up our volume levels a little bit because I got a comment here that says we're a little bit low. Uh, Rigby, let me know. Yeah, speak up. (laughs) Yeah, Rigby, let me know if this is better for us, man. I'm not sure that it is, Mm.
1: but hopefully it is. You um, well, hopefully for the podcast version, I can uh, make us sound great. Yeah. Who's No, you, will, you and I will sound good on the recorded piece of it.
0: I think it's just how I have my settings set up in OBS right now is, is what the problem gotcha, is. Gotcha, gotcha, Uh Also, we have a couple people in the chat room. What up, Brett? What up, Brian Maltiori? Maltiori is one of our patrons. Thanks for joining us, brothers. Mm-hmm. So... Nice. We get like why we're talking about it. We kind of understand why it was an interesting thing for kids like us to, you know, it, it, it's the same kind of mentality that like perpetuated Pokemon red and blue rumors on the playground when we were kids. Like there was no real way to confirm them. You just had to take your friend's word for it. And then that person who mm. you trusted, um, you would take their story and go tell your other friend about it. And so the big long game of telephone continues, you know?
1: Do you know how many times I tried to get into Bill's garden in red and blue? Oh, dude, didn't we all? Do you know how many times I tried moving that damn truck outside the SSN? Yeah, man, there was a mew under there. <laughs> Too damn many. Yeah. Uh, no. And the thing that's interesting about all these rumors that you're pointing out is there's always the nugget of truth to all of them. There's always a nugget that makes you think. Like, for example, there was a rumor many years ago that there was the Dragon Ball OVA. Uh, the plan to eradicate the Saiyans, I think it was specifically. Or, you know, but that was really just a cutscene from a game released. Yeah. It wasn't real OVA. It was released on VHS, but it wasn't an OVA. I have the VHS but because- on
0: bootleg like, with all the weird animated video game, like 16 bit scenes. Or is it, it might even be 8 bit. Um, I, mm. I forget what year it came out. Oh, it yeah. must have been 92. 91. 92, 93. Because it was like Lloyd Slug had just come out. Yeah. Come out. And, and cooler. And he's in it because of the Death Strong gas or whatever the heck. Yeah. So it's mm. a definitely after the yeah. at least the first cooler movie. Good call. Yeah. See, this is great. Dragon Ball mm-hmm. history lessons. You're welcome,
1: kids. Um, yeah. So that was. But what was Dragon Ball AF, though? I feel like we were talking a lot about it, but I think some of the people listening might not have even heard of it. Well, that's the thing. I
0: feel like the origins of it are kind of muddy. And I feel like you did a good mm-hmm. job at least. High, because i i don't know 11 year old kyle heard or saw these pictures and i was like i know that's fake i i have i, I was very lucky as an 11 year old to be able to get access to bootleg tapes from japan vhs stuff mm-hmm. and i knew gt that was that was it and there was nothing after that if there mm-hmm. was i would have had bootleg tapes of it by now in the year 2000 2001 exactly. so when these photos started popping up i was like hey guys you're all dumb that's some fan shit i'm good and mm. I never really paid it much mind. I didn't realize that there's basically two different iterations of it. And it didn't start, mm. or, or, or how did it start? Did it start as like a formal fan manga? Or did it start mm. just as like fan art, fan photos? Like, give me a little bit of background on the actual definitive beginnings on this and then how Toy picks it up and runs with it.
1: Okay, so here's how it started. The beginning of it was simply uh. Fan art. Fan art of a presumed Super Saiyan 5. It's one of the most iconic pieces of Dragon Ball fan art, really ever, because it's one of the most widely spread, one of the most widely copied uh, pieces of fan art, and it sparked discussion. And it was. I'm not exactly sure who did the fan art initially, but I know where it, where it was um, spread. It was spread mainly on internet forums and early Dragon Ball fan sites. Um, that were presenting it as the theoretical Dragon Ball AF. Now, most of the really, really good uh, Dragon Ball websites, they were saying, hey, listen, this is just, this is just a fan thing. You know, don't, don't give it too much credit. The less reputable ones, which, of course, like many um, irreputable places, tended to get a lot of traffic and get a lot of sway, especially among impressionable readers, were saying, hey, look, this is a potential new series. And because they didn't have to cite their sources, they could just say that. You know, Back in the early days of the internet, no one really checked. There was no call-outs that you could really – there's no Reddit you could just you know, site-check your information on. So if they said it was true, if you couldn't prove otherwise or didn't know better, you might believe it. Yeah, your word against theirs basically. That's all you had. Exactly. And on top of that, like with most cases, a lot of people got interested in this potential theoretical thing. And plus, a lot of people, after finishing GT, just want to know what happened next. So a combination of three things happened. People trying to cash in on the popularity of the Super Saiyan 5 fan art of AF. People drawing fan art of just what they think should happen after GT. And people who genuinely were drawing fan art because they thought AF was real and wanted to draw fan art before they saw it. Huh. Just the idea of it alone. So, you have these three very different strains of thought all interacting at the same time, and you can't tell which is which. Hmm. What's interesting is that if you take some
0: of those general concepts of what kind of helped perpetuate AF in, in the beginning, there, people who weren't sure what it was, but knew that they wanted to be like the first to do the art of it or be the first to talk about it or whatever, you could take some of those general principles and update them for 2020 very easily in terms of. Dragon Mm -hmm. Ball content creators for YouTube, for podcasts, whatever. I just thought that Mm -hmm. that was pretty interesting. So it starts primarily as fan art, but I mean, the one thing that people have probably heard me say about Dragon Ball AF, if anything, consistently on the podcast throughout the last few years, is that what came from Dragon Ball AF is Toyotaro, who was known as Mm. Bull. It's cool to know that the next in line, like the guy who presumptively at some point in the future we'll get the keys from grandpa toriyama uh and be the guy to take over we we think anyway um it's cool to know that he has very humble beginnings as a fan of the series much like we all are and started doing something you know just that came out of a love from the series and just making comic books of it and now he's elevated to this point um how does he take the initial dragon ball af like art inspiration that he's seeing and how does he decide or what makes him decide to turn it into this more formal comic
1: What's very interesting is that toible's comic is very different from the fan art initially presented he doesn't use much of the really crazy ideas that um was being presented after a while there was some strange fan arts there was um an evil version of Goku at Super Saiyan 6. Uh, they were going to bring King, it was fan art of King Vegeta coming back from the dead. Although it's not certain if it's Prince Vegeta just becoming a king or if it's, no, it's the it's, actual dead it's guy. back. definitely coming dead coming King, king the... Vegeta back from the dead to be a king amongst just... all of
0: his very powerful uh, family offspring. Um, and he is. <laughs> yeah. It's very... it's like an
1: ant trying to pretend he's the king of the, you know, It it just seems like a bizarre choice. Yeah, he's going to get all rough and gruff
0: and loud one day, and they're going to be like, yeah, whatever, Grandpa, we'll get off your lawn. Shut the fuck up, please.
1: (laughs) I mean, at this point, at this point, like, Trunks could, like, just, just, Pan could just kick him in the shins, and that's it. Game over. For real. Also, Pan being a, uh, that's a big thing also, Pan becoming Super Saiyan. That was a big um, sticking point for a lot of um, AF material, was that Pan would become a Super Saiyan. Which I think is pretty. Everyone kind of assumed it would happen in GT, but it didn't. Yeah, so, very strange that it didn't happen in GT. I hate that it didn't happen in GT um,
0: because it's stupid. <laughs> no, it's One be- the many failings of GT. Well, yeah, GT can be definitely pretty stupid. But I thought that you meant mm. yeah, because her being a Super Saiyan would be stupid. Girls can't be Super Saiyans. That's stupid. Can't tell
1: you how many. Well, the reasoning was that. that you know because Pan had such diluted Saiyan blood, she couldn't become a Super Saiyan. Which makes total sense considering that Goku Jr., who has even more diluted blood, is a Super Saiyan. Yep. So that logic holds up great. Right out the these window. earphones are terrible, and they keep falling out of my ears. Oh,
0: man. I know that feeling. <laughs> That's why I got these over-the-head ones. Because my head's so big. so jealous. There's no way they'll fall off. Ugh. Actually, I got them tied into the little toppy-top thing on my hat. That's what I call the top of my hat. Toppy-top.
1: Mm. Anyway... <laughs> So no, I was unfortunate. My earphones broke just when the quarantine started. Uh, my, my 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 bigger ones. off oh, was terrible. My
0: earbuds just broke when last else? week. I'm actually really miserable and sad about it. But um, I haven't completely Oof. lost functionality yet. But I can't use the little button thing on my buds. And I refuse to get uh, AirPods because mm. they're stupid expensive. And I'll definitely mm. lose them. So mm. I'm good. Anyway.
1: Sucks, really
0: so anyway so takes this fan art and he decides to start to make it into a comic and i never because i was so quick to just dismiss the whole premise of this thing out of hand and just be like that art is fake you're dumb i never really knew what the i guess like the images are more what i know of af i never really knew anything about the story but I grabbed a screenshot mm. from your article. I want to read it to the people real quick so that way they have a general overview right. of what Toy a.k.a. now Toyotaro, what his Dragon Ball AF plot was. In case y'all don't know, because I didn't know, okay? The plot yeah. of Toy this is uh, from Aunt Grimilia's article on CBR.com. Go check it out. The plot of Toy Dragon Ball AF is that Goku's seed is stolen by a female Kaioshin which she uses to impregnate herself, create Goku's illegitimate son, officially named Zyko. Is that right?
1: Uh, I, I, I thought it was like Caesar, but I could be mistaken. So I'm I... officially named Zyko, but going by the name. See, C- I was going to say Shizor. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Now, Zico, no, is Zyko. I'm sorry, so it's, is Zyko, i don't have it in front of me, so, so I'm just kind it's kind of going Zico
0: off the end of is what the original name is, but then he decides to call himself Shizor. And the reason I'm saying Shizor is because it reminds me of Shizar, mm-hmm. Prince Shizar from Shadows from of the Star Empire. Wars, right? right.
1: That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. All right. Glad well, we're on the same page. of the Empire. That. Yeah. That's exactly. the th- yeah, that's the same thing I was going off of too. I'm like, this sounds like Cesar or like Caesar. Or how, how, how do we say Dash it? Dash Rendar was the coolest
0: Dash Rendar was the coolest Han Solo when Han Solo wasn't around. Um,
1: I mean, to be fair though, Shadows of the Empire in general was just a really good good freaking addition back when there was like we were the thirstiest for like Star Wars content back in the day. Yeah. It was like nothing. That, and it was like oh. That was
0: like the I mean, that was the first new Star Wars story or whatever in the canon. That was the big thing back mm-hmm. then. It was like right after they came out with Power of the Force and relaunched the toy line in like ninety seven, ninety eight. It was mm-hmm. one of the first games to come out on N sixty four, I believe.
1: Um no, it, was, it was it was great, but don't go back to play it. Yeah, I don't think I would. That's my advice. Don't play it now. The only game I think I would still go back to play on N64 in
0: its previous iteration, like I wouldn't need to get it updated or anything, is probably Rogue Squadron. That's the only one. Mm. Rogue Squadron is one of the the greatest games ever made.
1: In terms of Star Wars games, I think the best one is the Pod Racing game for an N64. In terms of what's on the N64, the mm. Pod Racing game's great. I don't know if I ever but played that one that still one, holds
0: up because I was very bitter as a child as well. It didn't just suddenly mm. sprout up in adulthood. I've always been
1: like this. Um, no, no. Movies. The episode one's terrible, but the Pod Racing game is uh, played it in college again. We, we uh, my friend, had an N64. Br- brings it up and we're like, oh no, let's do some Pod Racing. Yeah, yeah that's some fuck a Mario Kart to uh, whip up the pods. Mm.
0: So the bulb was going down. Mm.
1: No, so so about AF. Going back to so that. So yeah, I um. forgot Star
0: Wars tangent. <laughs> Let me start the plot again. The plot mm. of Toybull's Dragon Ball AF is that Goku's seed, dramatic pause for the camera, is stolen by a female Kaioshin, which she uses to impregnate herself and create Goku's illegitimate son, officially named Zyko, Zaiko Z A I K O, but going by the name Shizor. Shizor is superior in power to both Super Saiyan 4 Vegeta and Super Saiyan 4 Gohan, which leaves only Goku, now seeking the power of Super Saiyan 5, to find the strength within him to defeat this half Kaioshin, half Saiyan adversary. Ironically, Shizor Mm -hmm. and his evil Kaioshin mother bear a few resemblances to Goku Black and Zamasu in Dragon Ball Super. So, reading that plot, before, I, I mean, I was kind of thinking the same thing, like this evil Kaioshin or Kaioshin that eventually results in like an evil half Saiyan, half God thing. I'm like, that sounds a lot like Zamasu Goku Black Ark. That's very interesting to me. And then you mm-hmm. wrap up the paragraph with it. But even before we get there, yeah. reading that plot, having really not been very aware of it at all, I could see why it would be interesting to not only kids our age back then, but adults even like that's a little bit more of an adult level dragon ball in terms of the themes mm-hmm. in terms of the plot. And I think that is another reason that kind of perpetuated this whole thing was like, people wanted that to be real. Like we wanted dragon ball to grow up so badly, just like we want dragon ball super to get out of this, uh, 10 year mm-hmm. arc between, you know, end of Z and the end of blah, blah, blah. We want to get out of that static period. We wanted that back then as well. We wanted it to be a little bit more adult, And this provided for that, at least on, on paper.
1: There's one thing I keep in mind about the manga, uh, about Toy Bull's manga. Uh, it did come a few years after the initial rumors had like been at their heyday. I forget if it's like 2005, 2006, but it's definitely a few years after the initial fan art came out. Now, having said that, yeah, this is the, this is what an adult Dragon Ball fan would write, you know, you gotta keep in mind, Dragon Ball GT by this point had been a few years out, but had been out for a few years. The fans had gotten older; they'd moved on in many cases to different older. Like a lot of Dragon Ball fans, you know, you, if you grew up with Dragon Ball, you know, at your at your adolescence and then Dragon Ball Z's your teenage years. By the time you're an adult in Japan, you're you're making like you're watching like stuff like Berserk or Eva or Trigun. You know, your your tastes are veering towards these more adult narratives now having said that do i think the um the sperm stealing um (laughs) that's an interesting that's an interesting element of the plot i'm not sure how i feel about that (laughs) i feel like i feel like they kind of went a little um because you gotta gotta ask yourself like sometimes i don't know i have i have issues with that come on man you're you're not you're
0: not down with stealing somebody's baby materials
1: i mean it depends on how it's secured like you know if you're using it through magic or like you're, you're robbing your uh your local sperm bank that's one thing but i don't think Goku visited those yeah he probably like, it's such, he doesn't it's, know what it's those an are Unpleasant idea yeah um no, but again it's unpleasant he thinks it's like banana juice <laughs>
0: Fucking oh God, really yummy. of all the things you could have said bananas oh, that's great um, yeah it it definitely sprinkles in um, some more adult level things that you know again I think kind of perpetuate and kind of accentuate the want for a series like this now it's you know four five six years so like the rumors of uh, I think maybe Toyotaro or Toy back then I think maybe Toy Bowl is a little bit smarter than I've previously given him credit for. I didn't realize that he picked it up four or five years after the fact. So he was really smart to be like, there's mm-hmm. already this pre-established, like, headcanon for some people based off of this art that's just on the internet. It's already kind of a brand in and of itself. I'm going to pick it up, make it my own. And that's when he makes this, you know, stealing Goku's sperm story. Let me give you
1: the exact year of when it started. Sure. Um,
0: so I, I guess I think in terms of branding um, or in terms of, like, jumpstarting the program for himself... Good call. Kind of reminds us mm-hmm. uh, of how, you know, the name of this podcast came about. Maybe I should have just named this podcast Dragon Ball AF. What the hell, dude?
1: I missed an opportunity there. Okay, so the exact year it came out was 2003. That's when it started. You okay. need to work on it periodically. It wasn't like a week-to-week thing. He did. He would release, release a, tra- a page, really, and then he'd release another page, another page, another page as time went on. But, you know, you look at the, the, the artwork from this manga, this early fan comic, and you compare it to his work on, you know, Super. Like, his current work is an improvement, yes, but you can see the foundation of what he would do, even back in that he was he was great. But it's not the only AF manga. And what's interesting is that he really toned down the excessive fanficiness of it. Like, yes, it is Goku's evil son, I and mean, where can you really take where can you really take AF? Like, there's two directions you can really take. You can go the direction that, that toy ball went, or you can go the way that, um, and I'm going to double check his name. Cause I'm going to mess this up. I believe it's young Gigi.
0: Oh, young, young,
1: young Gigi. Uh, young, young Gigi. Uh, I'm, young I'm Gigi. saying it's
0: Gigi cause that's fun, but it's J I J I.
1: Um, mm-hmm. we took it in a very, but it's young. Not kind of s- Gigi. All one word. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cause he took it in a, and he's still going with it too, by the way, that that's still, as far as I know, it's still going on. Huh. He took it in a very. Um, he went out there. He 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 went out there. Toivola took it. kept it very restrained. He kept it very contained. He kept it very much like, honestly, like we'd see in Super. Very much a focused narrative. Do we know
0: what led toyble to stop making this in the first place? Stop. I mean, because we had young Gigi pick it up in I think twenty eleven. Your article says so.
1: Yes, but. But Young Gigi's version is completely unrelated to Toyables. So there's no Again, it's just somebody kind
0: of picking up a previously established like fan canon, not canon, but fan brand sort of thing and just kind of taking mm-hmm. and doing its own, doing his own spit on it. Like, first it was the art. Exactly. Toyble picked up some inspiration from the art, said Dragon Ball AF is now this story, and then Young Gigi said, yo, that Toyable shit was cool, that fan art was cool, this is my version of Dragon Ball AF.
1: You have to keep in mind, AF is not a single continuity. In fact, if I compare it to anything, I would compare it most to Sunday Man. It starts off as artwork, there's no canon, just artwork. And then someone likes, let's say, the guys who made Marble Hornets, picks it up and makes a story out of it. But that's not stopping someone else from taking that same artwork and making their own thing with it. Mm. They may draw influence from one other, but they're completely separate narratives. So Young Gigi's manga is unrelated in every sense to Toy Bowls, beyond the fact they share the same name and beyond the fact they're inspired by the same artwork. Beyond that, there's no connection. Um, and it's very clear if you look at how Young Gigi's manga different differs from um, Toy Ball's manga. If you look at the, the styles and the and the focus and everything, it's very stylistically different.
0: And in terms of the plot too, like we said, he definitely kicks it up another level. And uh, oh, I grabbed goes insane. I grabbed another <laughs> screenshot from your article again. Go check it out on CBR.com. Anthony Grimulio. Why don't I
1: read this one for I'll, you? I'll go for it. Go for the podcast. Oh, that's right.
0: It's cause I've got you've got the outline in front of you too. Duh, this is what yes, happens. when I you plan a podcast, people, technical difficulties, be damned. <laughs>
1: I'll just read this whole cap you guy sure. here. Sure. Um, then there's young Gigi's Dragon Ball AF, which has been running since 2011, comprising a staggering 19 volumes. In this story, Dragon Ball AF can be broken down into multiple arcs. First, and bear with me here on the pronunciation. First, Frieza's son, Ize shows up. That's Eyes, spelled I-Z-E. I can't imagine what cold related pun that's supposed to be a reference to. Uh, yeah, it's obviously a reference to, to ice boxes. I don't know. Oh, then, oh ice. Ice. Yeah, ice. All right. Ice. Word, oh, yeah. wait. You didn't realize that? <laughs> I was being sarcastic. <laughs> I thought you realized that one. I gotcha. Okay. It's all, it's all good. Anyway, um, then, this is a separate saga, second saga. Two demons, Chiyoko and Marble, emerge from hell. To wreak havoc in the aftermath of Deborah's death, keep in mind that, that by this point Deborah had been dead for twenty years. Demon's actions lead to the Dragon Balls sealed up following GT to descend to Earth, creating new Shadow Dragons. Finally, a new enemy named Spoitz shows up. Spoitz. Uh, Spoitz. What a stupid name! My, my favorite bad guy name ever. Spoitz. Spoitz. This is in many ways, this in many ways sounds remarkably similar to what Dragon Ball Xenoverse and Super Dragon Ball Heroes would do with absurd new iterations of established races and characters showing up to wreak havoc. So now I'm not sure if I would say it's a one to one comparison to either of those two things, but stylistically, I think this is much more in line with the fanfic style of those two. Throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. One of the most notable parts of that
0: passage to me, though, again, because me not having any real point of reference to what the plots are for these, is the two Mm -hmm. demons who emerge from hell to avenge Dabura. So I'm like, holy shit, that sounds like the plots for Xenoverse right off the bat. Uh, Toa Mm -hmm. and Dabigra... I do think that was a name, so yeah.
1: it's been a while since I played Xenoverse. So
0: na- names wise, I'm a little hazy, yeah. I, I don't know, there's just so many Dragon Ball things in my life, I don't even know anymore. So, mm. um, my point is, when did those games like are did those two originally come out in Xenoverse? They might not have, they might have come out in Dragon Ball Online because Dragon Ball Online, mm. the Korean and Chinese MMO, is where Fu came from, right?
1: I believe so. And if food
0: was thrown into there, that's where they might come from that continuity originally. And, like, that's kind of, like, the only thing that's really known for is the fact that somehow that plays into the canon, just like Kakarot does. Oh, yeah, by the way, I've got friends tomorrow night that I'll be streaming with, uh, Leonard and Katie from the NPC podcast. They want to talk about Kakarot, but I'm going to probably take a dump on it, so um be on the lookout i for like the, kakarot
1: dude Kak- like kakarot just fine it was, it's not great but I, I think it's fun it just
0: feels like a chore to me man but they both uh um, oh well, it, 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 it gets
1: exhausting after a while but it's fun when you're in small doses i but think it's just such a no but grind. Uh, and plus i was given a review copy of kakarot from the good people at uh bandai namco member of I the
0: press not, no. So, um, <laughs> so my, I just basically, when I read it the first time I was like, yo, that makes sense. These people could potentially have inspired Demigra and Toa for Xenoverse, but the timing there, I guess the years mm. might be a little off. Uh, mm. I'd have
1: to double check that yeah, for you that guys. Is. It doesn't really matter, but, um, well, keep in mind. They might've even just seen production art from those things. It's not like these games when they came out was the first, cause you know, you gotta keep in mind, they, 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 they prep these games up for like a year before they come out. So if all you saw were like just images of these characters that could alone inspire you. Plus, keep in mind, these aren't very complicated plots. For the most part, it's bad guy from Z comes back or GT comes back just in a new form. Ice is basically Frieza. Deborah is basically, you no. Know, the, the two demons are basically Deborah. Um, <clears throat> the Shadow Dragons are just the Shadow Dragons. <laughs> And I think
0: that's another thing that probably lent itself to people latching onto it is it takes things that people genuinely like from Dragon Ball that back then, at least like we hadn't seen Frieza a million times yet. We hadn't seen Mm -hmm. the demons a million times yet. Like the idea of uh, we hadn't seen the shadow dragons, you know, a billion different ways yet really haven't even now seen them
1: a billion times. Yeah, honestly. I love the Shadow of so
0: conceptually, Bringing them back for that kind of idea. It's like, hey, we know that we liked it in the past. Why don't we just try to take it in and, and build off of it um, another smart move? Um, is that mm. series still going on? Because it starts in
1: 2011, yes. 19 volumes. It's still going on. It's still going on. Inconsistently, but it's still going on. Jesus, people. Now, leave it in, alone. But what I think is really interesting with, with Young Gigi's version is, and I'm – there's probably I might not be pronouncing that name right, and I'm very sorry if I am. I'm sure someone in the comments is like, oh,
0: I don't think he gives. Fuck you. It's if he jai happens, jai if whatever. he happens to find this, I don't think he gives a shit. And if somebody tries to leave a comment something to the effect that you just said, fuck that person.
1: Anyway, go ahead. Fair enough. Yeah, reading the comments is a mess. Anyway, so the thing I think is really interesting about Young Gigi's, by comparison to um, Toy Bulls, is that Goku doesn't appear for a while. He's in state. He's he's at the end of GT like. As the show ends, he's kind of stuck in in with Shenron. The Dragon Balls in him are kind of sealed up, and he stays away for a while. So it gives the next generation of characters a chance to really shine. And one thing I do love a lot is how they use Oob. One of the most underutilized characters in all of Dragon Ball, Oob gets a really interesting series of transformations.
0: Man, when you think about it, Oob is one of the characters that got the biggest of shafts in Dragon Ball history. Mm -hmm. Like, the end of Dragon Ball Z revolves around Oob coming into existence, and the beginning of Dragon Ball GT revolves around the fact that Goku's pretty much all trained him up. And then that's it. And then he comes in for a couple of, like, relief appearances throughout the 64 episodes, and then he eventually fuses with Majin Buu, and it's cool, but I remember thinking as a kid, like... How come he doesn't look like he just did a fusion dance with a big fat Majin Buu? I'm confused.
1: Mm-hmm. But uh, This manga does exactly what you think a Uub Majin Buu fusion would look like. Because he has a transformation, mm-hmm. right? Like a Super Saiyan level transformation? Like he becomes more like like Jin-like. He has like the holes. He has the pink body. His, he has like a head ridge and then the hair comes out of it. Out of it. It's a really cool looking form. And that's the thing ultimately that with AF that I think was the big appeal the new transformations and that's one reason why I think Toyables works better as a narrative but Young Gigi's feels more like what everyone watch looking at these fan art the the old fan art would imagine AF to be because Young Gigi's goes all in. He just gives everyone new forms. Everything gets everything is more action packed. Everything's more high octane craziness and that's I think why a lot of people um, we will probably go back to Young Gigi's work more than Toy even though Toy is the better product, I think. Huh. I think his narrative is better written. It's, it feels more in line with Toriyama's Dragon Ball. But Young Gigi's, I feel, feels more in line with the fandom's idea of Dragon Ball, if that makes sense.
0: 100%. You nailed it. So I was going to say, Toy or Toyotaro, that's Akira Toriyama young Gigi or however we decide to say his name from sentence to sentence. Mm -hmm. That's the equivalent of toy animation toy productions being like, Hey, can you just keep making some more dragon ball? It's cool. Just throw a new paint a coat on that bitch. And we'll just Mm -hmm. roll out another form. Like we'll just recycle a villain that we had 10 years, 10, 20, 30 years ago. We'll bring back Mm -hmm. things that we know are popular because we know that there is an appetite for them regardless. But Toyotaro, I I would hope, anyway, and I I guess I say that as a way to transition to, I hope is the right dude to be eventually left with the keys to the kingdom or the keys to the car, however you want to put it. Um, and it sounds like maybe he is because he sounds like he's uh, more about a quality narrative or a quality story. Um, if we p- ended up picking a guy like Young Gigi or... Maybe somebody else, like the guy who did the Reincarnated as Yamcha. I know that it's it's very commonly discussed that he should have been the guy to work with Toriyama for Dragon Ball Super. Um, if we mm. picked somebody else, how would Dragon Ball potentially change? How could it be different in the future? How much of, you know, that love for a good narrative and a story from Toriyotaro will actually
1: come in or leak through once Toriyama's out of the picture, you think? I mean, personally, if he wasn't distracted by, you know uh made dating games i'd say the guy doing berserk should totally do Dragon
0: ball <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: what was it, what was the game what was it was a um the virtual um it was a game it was the virtual thing with the japanese girlfriend club it was one of those games one of those like uh those those like those like pretty cute girl like really young looking girl like uncomfortably young looking girls yeah, japanese uh,
0: girlfriend club that's what i said yeah,
1: basically 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 <laughs> if he stopped if he just you know finished berserk for god's sakes now um I'm, I'm still i'm still waiting for that so i can't read dragon Ball super i'm waiting for the next chapter of preserve I feel like you're gonna drop. be
0: waiting for a while dude
1: oh uh, yep i have nothing to come back from that one that's just that's just true yeah <laughs> um but no so in terms of um who gets the keys yeah no toy i think uh i think they made the right call so far but c- because the thing is we don't know how they would handle a whole series the problem is if you make something too fanficky, and that's not a slight on fanfiction. I think fanfiction is a great medium. You get a lot of good stuff from fanfiction. But what ends up happening is you run into something very odd. And that is it becomes what the fans want it to be. And um, as someone who has written multiple articles about what fans want to see in entertainment, I can guarantee you that fans aren't right all the time. Dude, we are, right, sometimes... we are
0: right on the fucking edge of a rant about the Snyder Cut right now. Are you sure you want to go down this road?
1: <laughs> no, no, you're saying Snyder? I don't think there's a problem with the Snyder Cut in theory. That's not what I was referring to. Oh. The Snyder Cut, you know. Just it's just right at right the back exist. of my
0: mind all the time, I guess. no. Oh.
1: I mean, like Snyder Cut, I'm not – I don't think it's going to help the movie, but I'm fine seeing it. No, but it rewards
0: negative fan behavior. Why would you give a very vocal one-third majority of most of them? And I say – I feel like I have to say most of them because Security Van Dan is like the biggest Snyder Cut guy in the world, and I love him to death. But Mm. every other Snyder Cut guy I've ever met or had to deal with in my life, it's been kind of a dick. And I feel like them mm. placating to that is just
1: setting a dangerous precedent.
0: Anyway, that's all I'll say. The only
1: the only reason it exists is because of the pandemic. It wouldn't the Cinder Cut wouldn't be coming out unless. It's not HBO coming out until next year, content. man. Oh yeah, I know, but it wouldn't be coming out if they were if they were able to work on new content for next year. I think. Ah, no, they're working on everything they have. They have all these because you can't start production in this this environment. So they're just taking everything they got lined up already, and they're just trying to do what they can with it you know it's it's a it's a unique situation we find ourselves yeah and in, thankfully it probably won't ever happen again thankfully
0: they have the technology too where they can use a lot of stuff that they've got like on the editing room floor and just you know use at home adr mm-hmm. technology to have the actors record some lines and it'll be serviceable mm-hmm. i hope it's good again yeah i just think like, it's not, a not even doing question. reshoots
1: they're not even doing reshoots for it that's it's crazy pandemic man yeah, I, I i, I... Oh yeah, but no. that's what you were saying before? I, actually, I was going to refer to you with fans not not always knowing what they want. Oh yeah, sorry. I, hide I was going to say cursed child. Cursed child. No, it's all good. I was going to say Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Yeah, it's a great example of fans wanting so desperately to see where you know the the main trio's kids how they went to you know and when they, when we finally got it it was a it was it was horrendously bad. Um, I don't know many people who really like Curse Child in its entirety. They I know people who like aspects of it, but I've never seen someone who read all of Curse Child or watched all Curse Child and was like, No, no, that's that's what I was imagining would happen when, you know, when Harry Potter and we go there. But, you know, it's just I don't know. It's messy Fans can sometimes want something and they think it's going to be amazing. Or the fan theories for the Avengers uh, Endgame. You know, I saw fan theories that were so involved and complicated. But when the movie came out, the movie was did, didn't include any of those fan theories for the most part. But I think it was all the better for it because a lot of fan theories are predictable. Whereas sometimes it's best if it's not predictable or it seems forced.
0: Well,. I just think that there's a difference. I think we're we're kind of dancing around the, uh, I think much like they did with Endgame where they kind of danced around like the uh, peripherals of some of the fan theories and like some of the themes mm-hmm. or greater ideas of them. We're kind of dancing around it right now. Um, mm. Fan theories I'm- and story writers or written stories and fan theories maybe is a better way to say it are two very different mm-hmm. things. Anybody can make a fan theory just because you have one doesn't mean you have to share it. God, the internet's empowered you to the point where you can share your opinion very easily with your social media platform. Just because you've got one, doesn't mean you have to share it. You
1: don't have to, it's all right. I mean, we- I love I love reading fan, I love reading fan theories though. It's <laughs> it, They can be fun, but they have to be within the confines of knowing that this may not make sense narratively. You know, you, you can, I love reading some insane fan theories, but sometimes you got at the end of the day, you gotta go, well, is this plausible within the confines of the plot? And could you show this story happening in a good plot? You know, and and, and having it be so that you know these two characters I love, they fight. You know, that's cool, but does it make sense? Does it make sense to bring another Frieza person back to fight? Does it make sense to bring demons? who are stronger than Deborah into the narrative, despite the fact that Deborah was supposed to be like the super powerful, wow. strongest of all demons. He was the king of the demons, but these guys, they're like the super kings of the demons. Is Yeah. And they can fight Super Saiyan 4, 5, 6, whatever. And that's the other thing, too. With the fan art, even, it got out of hand. There is fan art of, of Goku as a Super Saiyan 10. Oh, yeah. There is no fan art of 7, 8, or 9 at least at the time of this fan art's creation, I'm sure now they exist. I would be shocked if they didn't. But when this fan art came out, like for the mo- as far as I knew, um, at least when I first saw it, this was back in like two 2000- thousand, like early two thousands, before Toyble's manga. Back when this was a whole thing, um, as far as I knew, there was no Super Saiyan nine or eight artwork. It was just ten, and I'm like, what is this? And it came like, like with like this pewter white skin. You know, little 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 tendrils of hair down his joints, and he looks like this marbled. Like, you ever read you ever read the Anne Rice uh, vampire stories? Uh, I read interview. I read read interview with the vampire and Lestat. Yeah, when I was a kid. You read Queen of the Damned? I did not know. How they introduce all the old 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 vampires that turn into marble basically because they're so old their bodies start to calcify basically. That's what this looked like. It looked like a calcified vampire version of Goku. Huh. It just, And the thing is, it's interesting, I find, is that Super took a very different approach with Super Saiyan than GT did. GT went more in all out. And Super Saiyan 4, I think, as a, as a design, is really busy. It's cool, but it's a busy design. It's an active it attempt 16. to like reset the clock on the previous, uh, previous Super Saiyan
0: transformation. So like they they were like, all right, you've already got the mm-hmm. hair down to the waist. What so are we gonna have it do next? Go down to the feet? It's it's an active attempt to reset in a different design that's t- meant to tie back to the more animalistic nature of a Saiyan. At least it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Super Saiyan Seven or whatever the sense. fuck. Get out of here, man. I don't have enough, uh, you know, paper for you to draw all the hair on. Mm-hmm. And the
1: problem I think with a lot of what these. Let's be honest. Most of the people doing the fan art were kids. They were, it was essentially the first exploration into the creative process. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And, And that's the thing. It's great. It's great these kids were, you know, engaging with the material. And even if they were like, you know, in their 20s, it's still great, you know. The creative process is a learning experience. You have to learn it. You have to develop it. You have to take that talent and, you know, go with it. But the problem, I think, with a lot of what they were doing was they were just taking what had come before and dialing it up to 11 without any consideration of if it made sense from a narrative perspective and if it made sense to look at. Because after a while, you you can just add, you can add hair all over a person's body all at once. All you want, it doesn't make it look strong. It doesn't make it look powerful. It doesn't make it look like a transformation that's reasonable. It just looks busy. You know, he just looked at a lot there and that's it. So
0: I think that would probably be a good place for us to hit pause for a second. I do have one more question for you. And then we have a couple of questions up in the, uh, up in the comment section. I just want to make sure we address for the people, not a hundred percent sure if the stream is still active. If it is, um, cool. If you're still watching, thank you. Um, I do see like a yellow thing on my TV screen up there that says, error but i also still see us streaming right above that so i don't know but either way if you're still sitting with us here thank you so much we appreciate you guys checking it out i got a few more questions for ant again the majority of what we're talking about today is based off an article he just wrote for cbr.com what's the title of the article again
1: the title of the article i'm just looking it up uh dragon ball af is the
0: wild dragon ball gt sequel you never knew you needed or something.
1: Something something like that. Something something silly like that. Dragon Ball AF. Oh, here we go. Here we go. So Dragon Ball AF, the Dragon Ball GT sequel that was way too wild to exist, explained.
0: Everything that we're talking about here in this conversation today is based off of his great article written about Dragon Ball AF. So go check it out. Um, I assume that part will get cut from the public thing. So I'll also take a second to say, hey, patrons, we love you. Thanks for supporting us. We appreciate you. Anyway, last question for you before we have a, a one or two questions up in the comment section I just want to make sure we touch on here. Um mm-hmm. obviously there, are, you know, we've we've touched on a handful of things that are very um evident or that are very evidently played into Dragon Ball Super. Like not only is Toyotaro the guy now, but like just general ideas. I think Toyotaro's whole first Dragon Ball AF plot is a great example in how it translates or could potentially translate over to Zamasu in the Goku Black arc. That said, is there anything mm-hmm. else that you've seen in dragon Ball AF that you would love to see in you know the presumably upcoming i guess I can say Dragon Ball manga the Dragon Ball Super manga is still a thing that happens month to month. my friends who don't know how to fucking read, mm-hmm. but eventually <laughs> it'll be turned into an anime again, so anything that you want to see from AF in upcoming Dragon Ball material
1: yes, yes, there was a few there are a few things. I do want to see more Super Saiyan forms. That's just I just I'm a sucker for it. I know I just went on a rant talking about how I don't want to see Super Saiyan like all oh, Super Saiyans, all oh, whatever. But like I, 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 you know what? When you make another one, I'll get excited over it. You know. It's just, so you is cannot. yours a different color, or is it a different
0: color Super Saiyan, or is it like a stupid long hair? I'm stepping on my hair on the floor Super Saiyan.
1: Oh, I have no, I have no idea. Something dumb. Make it stupid. So <laughs> you know, the second just, one, even if it's. Yeah, make it something stupid, something goofy and memorable. Sometimes that's the best kind, you know, making it something dumb and absurd can be fun if it's done deliberately to be stupid and absurd as opposed to accidentally.
0: Yeah, um, I don't think it was done deliberately by the fans back in the day making the manga. I think they no, they genuine, all look cool. Yeah, they were like, Yo, the hell, Spaz. I thought it was cool as a kid. <sighs> I don't no, know. No. Man. As a kid, I thought it looked awesome. I think, but then I grew up. <laughs> I've I've been the same person since I was probably about seven. I know, oh, yeah. lot, yeah. I know, a lot of people probably think that I'm exaggerating, but I swear to God, I do the same shit now, minus like beers and you know smoking joints. I do the same shit now mm. that I did when I was like
1: seven years old. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Every couple of years, I feel like I've gotten so much more mature and adult than what I was two or three years ago. I'm like, oh, no,
0: no, cringe. get that fucking self growth bullshit life. out of here. Anyway,
1: no, no. Self criticism more than anything else. Yeah. Not self growth so much as critical nature. Hey man, so, self awareness is what no. it's all
0: about. Anything else from AF that you'd want to see besides these ridiculous transformations that I could dump on all that.
1: Yes. I would love to see, um, Gohan and Pan. Uh, take more transformations on. I'd love to see Oob transform. I'd love to see them take more of an active role in the narrative. So, That's something I really think that um Super and GT missed the ball on giving these guys more to do. So
0: I, you kind of covered what I was going to say in terms of what I want to see. I just want to see a. F- I want to see a future uh, or like a bigger utilization of the more expanded cast, really. I want to see Pan grow up. If Gohan, Goten, mm-hmm. uh, Trunks, Oob, if they all become relevant, if Tien, Shinhan, one of my favorite minor characters, becomes relevant, I'm all about that. And we see touches of it uh, a little bit, maybe not so much with Trunks and Goten, mm-hmm. but Tien, Yamcha, Krillin, Piccolo, Gohan, at least in this manga arc in the beginning. They play a little bit of a role on like the front lines of things, which it's cool to see them back involved in a fight. So we're seeing a little bit of it. Um, we did have a question in the comments that kind of ties into what we're saying here, though, and it's about Gohan. Uh, mm-hmm. It's from my boy Brian Meltiori, who is a patron, patreon.com, slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. He says, how is Gohan in Dragon Ball AF? Is he like the super version of Gohan or like the way he should be when he fought Cell when he was an 11-year-old boy? You know, he didn't put the eleven-year-old well, boy part. I did that because I'm awkward. But
1: mm. you know, what's he like in AF? Well, that depends on which iteration. Um, most of the fan art depicts him as GT, GT Gohan, even with the glasses, but as like kind of like the hardened warrior Gohan. I would say the closest approximation most of the fan art would make is a cross between the GT aesthetic with the glasses, but the posture of Gohan during the height of the Buu saga. Okay. I think it's a good comparison. I'd say the Toy one, it's kind of more leaning towards the humorous kind of Gohan, the more goofy, fun, dorky Gohan, whereas the Young Gigi one, which is much more humorless, I'd
0: say. That was when he hit Super Saiyan 4 and the multiple transformations with Young Gigi and his version that Gohan is... The not fun one. The Toyable one is, is fun and dopey and a little bit more of the, the Gohan that we see in Super up until you'd probably say the Tournament mm-hmm. of Power, maybe.
1: Yeah, I'd say that. I think the turn, I think actually, you know what, actually? Tournament of Power, that's a good comparison for Gohan and most of the AF fan art. Uh, Toyble, it's more goofy. Because I think toybles one in general, it's a lot more jovial. There's a lot more fun to the, the Toyable AF fan Manga, Which is why I think I like it more. I like that more Dragon Ball humor element to it. I really enjoy that. But again, the GG one, it's uh, the characters are a little flatter. Um, They're very, they're, they're defined by how badass they are for the most part.
0: I wonder if will we'll, I, just- I wonder if they're able to figure out like uh, what the medium is, or maybe he's already working toward that medium. Like maybe that turning point uh, for for Toyotaro's take on Dragon Ball could be the Tournament of Power arc. Mm, could not be. Mm. Maybe it. Um. Could be. It's tough to say because it's. I when I think Tournament of Power, I think of the anime, and now Moro being the thing mm-hmm. to precede it immediately afterwards. I only have it in the comic book form, but this art, Gohan's pretty fucking badass um mm. maybe going's
1: also. maybe Goins he, a great freaking character <laughs> maybe he
0: looked at like the elevation of what young gigi did when he picked up dragon ball af in 2011 and was like oh this guy's doing some cool stuff man and when he got in he kind of gut out whatever ideas they had to work on now maybe he wants to work more toward that sort of aesthetic or tone that the the author who picked up his story or whatever not his story but the brand, the title AF. It reinterpreted, it. I'd say. Reinterpreted, great word for it. Um he mm-hmm. you know, he sees somebody else who picked up Dragon Ball AF and reinterpreted it and he's like, oh man, this guy, you know, did a great job. This maybe it, not maybe now that I'm the guy, I can kind of borrow some ideas and themes from him. Maybe Young Gigi's influenced in Dragon Ball just as much as Toyotaro is right now. And none of us would even maybe. be aware I, of it.
1: I mean it's possible. I I think The more likely idea, and that's entirely possible. I'm not saying that's not the case at all, but I think the most likely case is it's just a case of natural progression. I think with Gohan, it's always a matter of him not wanting to fight, but when push comes to shove, he becomes this hero consistently in every arc. He doesn't really want to be the guy who's responsible for everything, and it becomes more apparent, but also because he gets more used to it over time, and I think what you see in super is the same arc just kind of repackaged in a different way Whereas with young Gigi, i think it's more of a flattening i think it's more of a like a flattening effect of a writer who is good at making fight scenes but not as strong when it comes to character moments and i think that if it seems like he's more serious it's not a result of a deliberate effort to be intense it's more of a different of focus. And I think it's because character is not really a focus in the young Gigi manga as much. It's more of an action story. I don't mean that dismissively. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's a because he does action really well. He does action very well. It's always intense. It's always epic. It feels like the hype moments from Dragon Ball Z. You're always going to see. But I don't think he's a strong uh, character writer. Yeah. I think um, the Toy Bowl one has more, st- has more strong character writing.
0: You can take away um, a lot of different things from anything that you watch. You know, different uh, aspects of certain media are just better than others. Action is uh, a thing that you can see in a comic book and – you know, register and say this is good or it's bad. Um, just because somebody's got good action doesn't necessarily mean the entire product is good. If if you've got action with no story to balance it out in between, what's the point in me having any vested interest in this action in the first place? Uh, so it all kind of mm-hmm. ties together. I, I hope maybe that we'll see more of, I, I guess some of the more, I I want I, I'm inclined to say like badass action stuff, but also just like, The thing I want to see the most when Dragon Ball comes back or in future Dragon Ball stories, because again, it is being made month to month in comic book form. What I want to see continue in Dragon Ball manga right now and eventually in a series is the expanded utilization of the cast and some kind of time jump because that's what Dragon Ball has always done well is time jumps and Dragon Ball Super has yet to have a time jump and uh, this is the perfect time to have one seeing as you just, took a break after 131 episodes so i think i want to leave it there i think uh we've got a pretty robust understanding of what dragon ball af was or is um at least surface level stuff um mm. anything else going on in your world man yeah. uh, anything you want to plug
1: oh my world is a mess <laughs> <laughs> last the last week has been insane no just my work consistently on websites such as um cbrs um I have a few pieces that will be hopefully coming out sooner rather than later from uh, uh, websites like um, Anime Herald and Anime Feminist. Um, I have uh, some just general, my Twitter. My Twitter account is a mess and insane. And
0: at I'm a usually gr- G, at a
1: Grimuglia, right? Yeah. A-G-R-A-M-U-G-L-I-A. Silent G. Uh, at Twitter. Yes. Well, it's weird. Italian names are strange. It's like, it's like a, like G L I A is like a kind of a silent sound, but it's like a, it's weird. Italian's weird.
0: <laughs> yeah. My mother's <laughs> married name has a silent G. So I used to get calls from the uh, telemarketers so. and be like, Romaglia. It's like, no, it's Romaglia. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's, it's,
1: no one ever pronounced it correct. Either. <laughs> Like, it's never, I mean, you did great. Uh, it's got I'm happy about that. <laughs> uh, Some people it's a mess.
0: Yeah. Never easy with the complicated last names uh, and silent letters and all that. So thank you so much for taking the time, man. Um, I appreciate it. I'd like to That's have you pleasure. come back on a lot more regularly. If you're going to be writing Dragon Ball articles oh, yeah. every once in a while, anyway, feel free to consider this a platform to talk about it with other
1: Dragon Ball fans.
0: Maybe we can make this uh, a recording Oh, even Thanks.
1: without that, you know, bring me on an open forum. Is, I'm fine with anything. Just throw anything at me. I'll, Talk about Dragon Ball whenever. Ooh. But if you have an episode in Evangelion, then you better you better ask me. That's that's that that is my ultimate air expertise. So I would love to have that happen at some
0: point in the future. I'm balls deep. I think we talked about it a little bit the other day in uh, in Japanese Spider Man right now. Spider Man. Mm. um episode four yeah. uh just went up this morning uh super so demand sundays now available on apple Podcasts, Stitcher, your spotify wherever you get your podcasts it's a very different podcast guys it's scripted and there's lots of musical production things and it's it's like a big writing exercise i think but i have fun and it's funny to me so Hopefully it'll be funny to you. Uh, you can go check it out. Uh, maybe we have some video stuff on that as well to come. But uh, for YouTube, at least there is video stuff currently available on Patreon. You can go check that out there. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it. A uh, couple episodes coming up in the next few weeks. So be on the lookout for those. Make sure you rate and subscribe. Apple Podcasts, your Spotify, all the places where the podcasts live. If you don't review us and you listen to the show every week, I don't like you. So make, <laughs> make me like you again and go review the show, please, because that's how other people find the show. Thank you. And uh, Ant, thanks again, brother. I appreciate you taking the time and I'll talk with you soon. All right. You too, man. Take care, all right? Woo. Woo! Yeah. So that's me checking back in. It's a quarter to three in the a.m. Just wanted to, you know, say, hey, if you've gotten to the end of this podcast, like I said a few minutes ago, a few minutes ago yesterday, but a few minutes to go to you but a few minutes ago yesterday to me. So I guess just yesterday. Anyway, leave us a review. Helps us out. Helps other people find the show. Uh tell your friends, all that good nonsense. Also also go check out Supiderman. Supiderman's on days. I'm having a blast making those. Like legitimately it's the funnest part of editing that I have all month. I only do two of them a month really. But they're short, they're 30 minutes, but they're they're fun. They make me laugh. If they don't make you laugh, I don't even give a shit. That's how much fun I'm having making those. So go check it out, and uh, I will talk with you guys soon. Go check out part one of my conversation with NPC Pod about the Moro arc, the manga arc for Dragon Ball Super. And part two of that conversation will be available on this feed later this week, covering chapters 59 and 60 of the Dragon Ball Super a manga leading up to the inevitable ruining of the chapters by y'all the front, about to be close. anyway I love to complain to all my friends it's basically the crux of this show when you think about it good night